For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Right guys, welcome back to Coaches Conversations with Pete and Yas in partnership with St Mary's University in the Masters in Performance Football Coaching. My name is Yas and I'm a UEFA A licensed coach and coach educator. And I'm Peter Augustine. I'm a A licensed coach and also a former, or oh not former, <laughs> currently a coach developer. <laughs> awesome. Pete, obviously on the last conversation that we had we talked about where coaches could think about starting with their session planning, you know, there's a few key considerations that came up from there. But also we had a you know, really insightful conversations off air mm. uh, where we talked about the importance of observation skills. And I think it's a, obviously a massive challenge for coaches to start to think about well, where do I start with observing? Uh, what, what, what should I be observing? What's good observation? What's bad observation? What's good practice and not? So you know, I'm throwing a question to you to start with. You know, where, where do I start with observation? So just maybe talk a little bit around what does observation look like to you in a coaching context? For me, observation is it's about this idea of what are you actually looking for? Mm. So can you pick something out? Because you can't observe everything. You have an overall view of what you're doing, but you've got to be thinking about, well, actually, what did I work on in training the other day? So if, say, for example, I worked on my midfield players turning and playing forward, when those opportunities come up, I should be looking at that. doesn't mean to say I'll ignore the stuff where we're defending and all that sort of stuff, mm. but I want to know, was, was my session effective? So that piece around being quite specific about what you're observing and how you're observing it is really key. Now, what we have these days is we have um, a lot of opportunities to have um, uh, feedback um, uh, after the game. So most games now are, are, are in some way recorded. Mm. So we've got videos and uh, camcorders and that sort of stuff. So people can look back at the game and start to look at certain things. And, if you know that you're looking for something specific, if you're going to um, record your game, you might start to look at where, where those things happen. Then you can start to look at the in those individuals who are involved in that. Mm. Because one of the things I, I, I think, especially with grassroots football, is that when you um, record a game, the game that day is historical. Mm. So it's not, oh yeah, we played so-and-so, mm. um, and last time they did this against us and they did that against us. So yeah. we're going to do this against them. But when you play them, they've got a load of new players. Yeah. And that happens a lot in non-league. Yeah. So you, you've gone out and you say, oh, we're going to play this team and they've got this, that and the other. And you might be playing someone at the top of the league and their team's got a lot of money. And they've gone, oh, they've got these players. Well, halfway through the season, some of the players have left and they've got new players coming and they've made a new sign yeah. and what have you. So our observation of them in the last game we played against them might be useless. Even if we go and see them 
two games ago, we've got to see them against another opposition. Well, what are we observing? Mm. So we, you know, so you might be saying, oh, well, they, they did this against this, that opposition. Yeah, they did. Mm. But what are they doing against us? Because we're a different team to that team. Yeah. So it's those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think some great, some great points. I think for me, I'm looking at observations. I'm saying, right, well, if we take, take on the back of the example you've just given there, it's at grassroots level, depending on how high you're looking, mm. you're probably not going to get too much differentiation around opponent to opponent in how we approach it or at least how the opponents may approach us as, as individual uh, teams. Because fundamentally they're saying, well, this is how we're going to play, this is how we're going to play. We haven't got the context, we haven't got enough information about the opposition, but obviously now you're talking about games being recorded with videos and things like that. There, there is that capacity to, be able to do so, but I think it's looking at, well, what are the observations? Where can the observations take us? So it could be looking at it from an individual standpoint, it could be from a team perspective. I mean, my advice to coaches at, the, at, at that stage of the game is don't worry too much about what the opposition's doing. Mm -hmm. Worry about what you guys are doing. What was your game plan? Yeah. Did that work? Why was that your game plan? What was the stimulus for that? So, for instance, if I know that your team is pressing high, well, have I prepared my team to do that? And how did we then respond to that? So rather than looking at you guys as a team, I'm just looking at it as a concept. Well, I'm going to observe my team and how effectively they dealt with the team that presses high mm -hmm. rather than it's Pete's team. Because mm -hmm. um, then that, that could be how you differentiate and maybe isolate that piece away from the, the context mm -hmm. itself, which still gives you something to work on. But then, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges is coaches looking at what happens away from the ball. Yes. Right? And I think, and, and, I, and I can speak from my own experience of working with coaches and my, you know, even myself in that, that it's that looking away from the ball piece that sometimes we look so directly at what's happening on the ball that we don't realise and don't even consider that actually it's because of something else that's happening around it and even further away from it that this is actually happening here in the first place. Mm -hmm. so, you know, an, ex an easy example of that would be, right, you spent too much time on the ball or I think you've overplayed it or you, mm -hmm. you've spent, you know, you, you tried to dribble too much, you've taken one too many touches, but actually, if I zoom out now and I realise actually Pete's had to take an extra mm -hmm. touch or he's taken too many touches there because there's no one actually available for him mm -hmm. to give it to. Mm -hmm. And if his, if his initial intention is I'm going to get my head up and look to play a pass mm -hmm. into someone, but there's no one there, well, common sense will tell you that you're going to end up spending too much time in his <laughs> possession, right? But then, you know, that, that, that's a bit of a challenge for coaches because mm -hmm. how do we manage that? How do we demonstrate our understanding and our ability to actually look away from the ball and then beyond that? Mm -hmm. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're right. I think it, it's, it's very easy to, um, uh, to just go, that happened there in that, in that mm -hmm. moment. But when you start to look at a, a, a piece of, and we're going to probably look at a little bit of footage in, in a bit, where you think that something's happened, and then when you look back at it, you see something else, and you, you, you alluded to that. But that is a skill. Observation, people forget that observation is a skill. It takes a long time to acquire it. Mm. And I think a lot of coaches think, oh, um, if I don't know the detail, I don't know this, I don't know that. I'm, 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 I'm a bad coach. Mm. No, because it takes time, it's a skill. You have to develop it. Coaching itself, it, it, I see it as, a, as, a, as an art form. Yeah. To be able to, uh, if you're playing, yeah, look at the 11 v 11 game, you've got 22 players on the pitch mm. and you've got to start to think about, well, okay, which bits am I, uh, am I looking at? Yeah. If I'm working with younger players, I might be looking at something really, really specific. How do we receive the ball? Do we reserve? reserve? I, I mean, I, I think I get, I get your point, but I think it's probably the other way around. I think it, with younger players, it's probably specific in that it, this is the theme, 
but it's broad in terms of what, what it could look like. Whereas I think the older you go, it's like well, it's specific in terms of the theme, but specific in terms of what it looks like. Yeah, but I think that, that you know, I see what you're saying, but I think what you've, as, as you get older, you now have tactics and strategies that come in, mm. roles and responsibilities. Mm. Those things, they come into it as well, because you're looking at, say for example, you're saying you want to stop their, uh, their number 10 from, from marauding forward. Well, you've got to do something about that. Yeah. And you actually might have to do that in the moment, because you don't know, or you might not know that that number 10 does that. Because yeah. you you've got no footage, say for example, of that number 10 doing that. Um, so you've got to be able to, to observe that. See, that's the problem here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been in games where, um, I, I remember one particular game, um, and this probably showed how bad coach I was at the time, uh, we were 5-0 down, and I couldn't work out why we were 5-0 down. And it was only until sort of like weeks later, mm. I didn't even see the footage, and I thought, oh, we kept play, trying to play out. And I spoke to, uh, and I'd actually spoken to a player who played in the other team. And he said to me, well, we knew you were going to play. So we decided we were just going to press you. And I thought to myself, oh gosh, how did I, how did I not see that? So the thing to do was to go, to, to, was at, at that moment was to play over their press. Yeah. But I was so fixated on trying to play out that I actually didn't see what it was, yeah. was a problem, what well, was a real problem. So, um, but, but again, that's that thing that's, that's, that's around, you know, if we're talking about observation, yeah. we've also got to observe observe what are we trying to achieve are we achieving it and if we're not achieving it why aren't we achieving it yeah and i think i think that's really important because obviously you're talking about observation and you know obviously we, when we spoke last we talked about how to plan sessions and what to look out for within that but it's also the observation piece should be highlighted that it's not just for games it's actually what's happening in sessions as well. yes of course yeah and identifying that are the variables consistent you know are we putting the same pictures in place for the players to understand that this is the scenario and this is where it's come from mm. and Obviously, that you talk there about you know the ideal world. If we've got the footage, mm. well, that's great. But you know, what are some of the ways in which you think that players, you know, coaches can start to consider right? How do how do I draw on some of this potential data without actually having footage available? Um, you know, what are the different ways? That, you know, I've explored a few different things like this season and how and what I've looked at as potential you know mm. indicators of performance. You know, I'm looking at things like you know when we create a chance, as an example, where 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 is or even if it's, whether it's been a goal or not, where's the shot being taken from? Mm. What's led to that? How many, you know, how many touches have they taken? And all, you know, all the different things that you can kind of break down within that. Obviously, depending on what level of the game you're working mm. at and depending on what level of players you're working at, you might differentiate how much depth you go into with the detail. Mm -hmm. um, or you might not, because you might decide, actually, now I still want to give them everything and every, mm. any, anything. I want to get the full context, the full mm. picture. You know, what, what are some of the different ways in which you've kind of experimented with observations and, and the data in that respect? I, I think sometimes it's just that um, I used to, I, one stage I used to use a, a computer program, it's a little app kind of thing, and it would be how many times we would play the forward pass, and you were able to just tap on it and every time we play the forward pass. But that was very, very rudimentary, because mm. a forward pass could be someone just clips it into the corner yeah. and, I've, you know, and the ball runs out of play. But that would still be as part of the data. Um, the other thing is, 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 is having some really specific measurements about what I want. And I use the example of you know, turning out and playing forward. It might be around. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And, um, um, by defending... How many players do we get around the ball every time their, uh, their, one of their players receives it in the middle of the pitch, say, for example? So I might say, again, I talk about my experiences as, as, as a coach here. You know, I'll say to my players, right, when they get the ball, I want three players around the ball. I don't care which three players are, but three players must be around the ball. And if we send three players out there, they must not get out of that situation. Mm. If we send one over, we slow them down. If we send two over, we're trying to steal the ball. If we send three over, we must come out with the ball. Mm. Right? So the players knew that by that metric that that was going to happen. So if I saw that, I could write down two and then I'd say what happened. It was, it was the outcome. Yeah, it was outcome. Yeah. So the outcome might be we sent two out there and we didn't win the ball. I said cross. Yeah. We sent three out there. We came out with the ball, but we didn't. Um, uh, we made the first pass, but we lost it on the second pass. Yeah. So I might go tick cross, say yeah. for example, something. But very rudimentary. Yeah. Uh, but 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 it's because it's specific. I can go back to the players and say, right, when we sent two in on five occasions, we didn't come out with the ball. Yeah. So what have we got to do better second half? Okay. Because now. Because they, they, they yeah, it's something a bit more objective for them to lean on, and I, and I, and exactly, I think yeah. all the time with that, you know, having that objective piece of data there that they can't argue with, yes, is so important in terms of building your credibility as a mm-hmm. coach and then to buy into what you're trying to. I try to refer, I'm reluctant to refer to it as selling to the player, mm. but it's it's allowing them to buy it without you having to sell it. Yeah, because the, listen, the players have got to have you. Yeah, they're not having you, yeah. then you're, you're, yeah. you're, you've got a bit of a problem there. And that again comes from your observation skills, your, your ability to observe what are they doing. Mm. Because you want to be able to say to them, this is where we need to be better. Mm. This is how we can be better. Right? Um, we can even be uh, specific around individual players mm. about you know, what we're looking for. Um, uh, we, we, we were talking about earlier, uh, uh, we were talking about. Um, when Manchester City scored a goal in the in the, in the cup yeah. final, weren't we? And we were talking about well, actually, what actually happened? So let's talk about that because obviously, you know, you know, you, you mentioned there about Man City, and you know, prior to that, you talked about 
coaches thinking they need to have the, you know, the finer detail and stuff like that. But actually, if you haven't got that playing experience, if you haven't got that exposure through coach education or yeah. in any other means, you can actually go out and watch the game and learn that yourself. You can, If yeah. you pay attention yeah. to it. So, you know, let, let's talk about that in, in understanding well, what are coaches actually paying attention to? How does it impact on what they're paying attention to? And how does that then influence their future planning and yeah. practices and engagement with players? Yeah. So I know that you've got, you've got a piece of footage that you want to kind of examine. Yeah, um, and it, it, for me, um, I, I found this fascinating. And I, and I only, and again, this is, um, this is the, the beauty of this, is more to do with the fact of the, um, uh, the first goal, because it was, it was, it was that piece around um, uh, 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 what actually happened. Mm. And we were talking about that, and I think that, that's, that's really, really important. Um, so the, the thing is about this is that the ball goes for, um, back, goes forwards, the header's won, Manchester United actually win the header and then Gondola scores. But just by looking at that, you think, oh, what a great goal or whatever it is. But if we go back to the beginning of that sequence and we go right, right way back, some of the detail, Gundogan takes the, takes the kick off, right? Mm. Now, the first thing is Gundogan's not the centre forward. He's a central midfield player. Yeah, yeah, typically you'd see a centre forward taking it, or if there's a, you know, if you look at traditional, you'd see the pair of centre forwards taking it. Exactly, yeah. So anyway, so he takes the, the kick and he goes back. He goes backwards, but he goes all the way back to the goalkeeper. And what happens is the two centre backs split, which allow the ball to go back to the goalkeeper, and then the goalkeeper is able to play the forward pass into into uh, Haaland and then the board's won. But it was some things, and we talked about this, which were really even more um, what I'd call uh, fascinating about this. So the goalkeeper's got the ball, but right here, you see the centre-back stops Rashford from pressing the goalkeeper, mm. which gives the goalkeeper more time, and also um, Haaland more time to get forward. Mm. I mean, I would argue even looking at this, that if you, if you let it run in a few more seconds, yeah. he's probably actually just disrupted Rashford completely to the point where Rashford's not even going to press it. Exactly, he's yeah. He's not only delayed him, he's actually said, no, you're not doing this. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And so Rashford's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't do anything about this. Yeah, exactly. Then the ball goes in, and as the header goes up, the ball actually in the air, it's a 50-50, mm. isn't it? It's 50-50. But what happens here, the header, is won by Manchester United. They actually win the header. Mm. But if you look at Gundogan's positioning, he's gambling and he's saying, well, I, you know, mm. we worked on this. I'm, I need to be in and around it. So you've got De Bruyne, you've got Gundogan, they're around the ball. And then as the ball drops, Gundogan has no other thought in his head. I'm smashing this. Because yeah. you just look at his eyes, you look at where he's... He, he, he's, he's um, it, what, what, um, he's not thinking about taking a touch, he's just going, I'm having a go. Yeah. And then bang, it's a goal. But I think even within that, there's so much, there's so many fine bits of detail, right? It, but I guess the challenge for the coach is thinking, if I'm looking at this piece of footage, how do I see what's important? Yeah. And what's having an influence? Because 
you know, you could talk there, if we go about the technical aspects, we can talk about how efficient the technique is, how efficient this is. And that, but I think, I think the real key thing that we're really asking coaches to think about here, and it, you know, is what's having an influence on the player's ability to perform an action? Yeah. What's having an influence on the player's ability to decide on whether they're going to select an action mm-hmm. or a decision, mm-hmm. right? So obviously in this case, we're looking at, well, first of all, mm. What frame of mind is it put in Man United players when they see Gundogan taking this kickoff? Yes, right. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's probably there's probably some confusion there. Or or they might not even be thinking about it. No, they might not be. Yeah, because they're thinking, well, it's Pep Guardiola. Yeah, he's likely to do anything. So, what's going on there? But the the question I ask myself, they were looking at that, is you can always go, oh well, they could have done this, they could have mm. done that, they could have done this. Yeah, they could have done. But what about if? Say, for example, Rashford doesn't run at the centre-back. 100%. He runs in between the two centre-backs. Yeah. Right? Because he kind of... He tries to some, yeah, 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 yeah. He, but, but he doesn't really make a really good effort of it. Because he's thinking, well, he's not going to score from there. Yeah. Right? If that goes over my head, I, I, our defenders should be able to deal with that. 100%. Okay? So, then you look at around at the rest of the picture, and you look at... Um, and you look at the what, what the, um, uh, the, the the other defenders are doing, right? Which is actually quite fascinating here. It goes forwards, and if you look at if you actually look at that around the ball, there's and and you know you talk today about one and around and away from the ball. So this is kind of. It's a funny one because it's kind of a four versus two. Mm. But it's a funny four versus two because the two uh, players a bit further back don't really have a lot to do in that initial, with that initial contact. But if you go forward a little bit more, it's actually a 3v1 in City's favour. Mm. If, if you look in the, at, this, at, at the picture where you, you look at how close De Bruyne is to, um, to Haaland and then you've got Gundogan in that hole mm. where there's no Manchester United player around him, okay? And as the ball drops, there we go, and then he gets the shot off. But if you, at that moment when he gets the shot off, it's actually a one, two, three versus one. You could even say a four versus one. Mm. Mm. So in that moment, Manchester United, had, had, and if you look in the picture here, you've got one, two, three, four Manchester United players, Manchester City players, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Including the goalkeeper, eight. Yeah. Man U players. But I, th- I think that's also a consideration. That I think, in my opinion, coaches don't often make enough. Right? Is that when we're now doing practices in and around the attacking areas of the pitch? Well, more often than not, you're going to be out- outnumbered. Yeah. You're going to be outnumbered. But how well are you practicing that? Exactly. How often are you practicing? Yeah. And I think there's another key consideration. I think it's probably one for a future conversation. But it's how often are you practicing where that pressure is coming from? Yeah. You know, how diverse is that? Is it always going to be one v one of you in front of me? Well, actually, no, is it sometimes one v one you coming from the side mm. or coming from behind or wherever? And if it is then a two v one situation or, mm. or an overload or an underload situation, where is that pressure coming from? Mm. And why is it coming from this? Mm. You, know, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot that we've kind of looked at within that. So just, you know, just talking about the observation piece in particular, where do coaches start? We start with being specific. What am I looking for? Mm. Okay. Who are the players that were involved, okay? And what's their effect on the game, mm. all right? And is that in possession or out of possession? 100%, I think you're spot on there. 
Pete, another fascinating conversation. Um, guys, thank you again for your time today, coaching conversation with Pete and Yas. Today we looked at obs observations. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Again, in partnership with St. Mary's University and the Masters Performance Coaching Programme. Until next time, guys, take care. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.